0: Yeah. Hello, my pleasure, speakers, and welcome to today's episode. Where I have the wonderful um, Leonard on the show, and I'm super, super, super excited to have him on today because I know you, many of you, have mentioned you want to hear more around things like ejaculation of choice and the big old debate that we often have around porn and the addiction to porn. Is it a good thing or is it a bad thing or what? what is it at the end of the day? never likes to label these things. So Leonard, thank you so much for joining me today. It's an absolute honor to have you on the show. If you could briefly say who Leonard is and we can kind of start from there.
1: Awesome, Lucy, great. It's wonderful chatting to you. And uh, yeah, so yeah, 14 years ago, I was very much in uh, business, I was uh, a CEO of the insurance company in South Africa. And um, then it's just a big shift that happened, internal shift that happened, where I had this knowing of this voice saying to me, it's oh, time for something different in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it didn't make a lot of sense. So I tried to drown it out for four years with a lot of um, six and jacuzzis. Um, and after four years, I just realized that uh, it would, you know. Uh, I surrendered, I surrendered to this inner calling to do something different, you know, even though I didn't make sense. So uh, yeah, so 10 years ago, uh, I resigned, uh, sold and gave for all, my, all my possessions and went on a journey around the world of 35 countries, five continents for five years. A lot of learnings, initiations, workshops across all so many areas from sacred sexuality to tantra to sacred ge- geometry to you know, from India to South America. Um, and then in uh, 2018, returned back to South Africa and uh, wrote a book called Jump: An Epic Soul and Sex Adventure. And out of that, it just followed that people started asking me to share my learnings, and that has now developed into what I'm doing now. Really, just sharing my learnings with with people out there. I, I don't really believe in the word teaching as such, it's more a sharing of, 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 of what I've learned. And I found this big resonant and a lot of people with that. And yeah, that's what excites me at the moment, you know, just around the world, sitting here in Ibiza at the moment, talking to you in the, in the States, it's beautiful. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, just following the energy, following where it's taking me in terms of expressing myself and, you know, vibrating this, this new world that we're moving into. And, also, yeah, just getting people connected to their sexuality, and I love what you were saying about speaking your desires in the bedroom and and just be in your sexuality without any guilt, shame, and fear. Uh, so that's what excites me. So well, it's lovely talking to you.
0: Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Like, there's so much there. I'm like, ah, I've got to ask. Um, <laughs> so, <clears throat> when you obviously <clears throat> insurance for back in South Africa. You said that it took you four to five years to kind of make this huge move of traveling around the world for five years. What was it for you? <clears throat> was there a particular point or breaking point that you were like, "I can't live like this anymore"? Or was it very like gentle, like a whisper?
1: Oh, Lucy, it was it was it was it was so surreal. You know, I moved down from Johannesburg, a city in the north, down to Cape Town to start a. Uh, a new business, by My by I was very much starting businesses for guys, you know, an entrepreneur, not an entrepreneur, my own businesses, but very much, you know, that was what I loved, you know, um, and the previous business was great fun, but then this one I started up in Cape Town, it was just like, oh, I've, I've, I've done this before, you know, it just felt, oh, I felt a little bit bored, it felt like I should be doing something else, so it started as a soft whisper, and pretty surreal, I would go into the office and I would walking in, I, I would just feel, you know, we very much unplanned setup of people on the call, you know, it's a direct, direct business, a lot of people on the call center and the guys always on the floor talk, walking and talking and, you know, very much that type of uh, business, um, informal culture. And uh, so it was a nice vibe, it was a nice, nice, nice business. Um, but I just felt, uh, I felt quite out of place, and then that started getting louder, you know, like I should be different, doing different, and I thought by drowning it out, I would get rid of it, you know, distract myself, but the voice just became louder and louder. So, yeah, so eventually, it was so loud that I actually had no choice, it was just really a surrender into it, and, um, yeah, jumping into the unknown, which was pretty scary on one hand, but on the other hand, I also didn't have or felt I had much of a choice. I just felt, you know, I was still in my 40s, like 40s then and achieved everything what people in, like you know would see as successful. However, I felt like, wow, man, there's, there's something more I want to do. Not taking what I did before, I really enjoyed the business days, it was great. Um, but no, it was just uh, the voice, a strong voice. And in the end, quite a very, very strong voice uh, urging me to, yeah, to, to try something different, going to jump into the unknown.
0: And how brave is that, right? Like that is such a brave thing to do. Um, how did you find the people around you reacted when you kind of made this move?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I was super surprised, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people it didn't make any sense to you know. Even my close friends and you know, and uh, 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 my ex-wife got a very supportive. Ex-wife, we were very good friends, good relationship. My children uh, um, were very supportive. You know, they were teenagers then. Um, and, uh, but yeah, so I'd, I actually luckily had a good big support of people around me that, even though I didn't understand at all what I was doing, they they kind of were there, like, okay, you can do what you want to do, you know, supportive. And then obviously the people that thought I was just totally bonkers, totally crazy. What am I doing? You know, so <laughs> quite a mix.
0: Oh, my goodness. And then when you made your first move, where did you go to first?
1: Oh, Lucy, that's such such an interesting story. I was planning planning to go to New York. Can you believe it? That was January of 2014. Mm. Because in my mind, I thought I was just bored of this specific business and I must just now find something another business to do. And somehow New York came up, you know, you're from South Africa, you're the south of the world. You know, you look at the states, you look at New York and you know, and obviously we also had some international stuff happening with our businesses. And and I just thought, no, I'm gonna go there and I'm gonna maybe take a year off and just look at businesses, maybe go study something in the universities and you know, do something like that. And and then I looked at the temperature chart and I, I don't know, it was like minus fucking three right. or four, I don't know what it was, but it was pretty cold in New York. So I went, no, okay, I'll go to South America first to Peru, Colombia, uh to good. Peru, Lima, Peru. And then by April, May, I would end up in um, in New York. But uh, needless to say, I never ended up in New York. And I, I, I ended up in I flew one way to get to Peru in Lima. And that started the journey up South America towards Central America. And then this journey totally changed. And it was not at all about a new business anymore. It was just this total spiritual awakening if you want to call it that way and just a journey of learning and expansion and it it became so much more than what i thought it was going to be so yeah so i spent a year in south america and central america the first year
0: and how did you readjust from going to an entrepreneur to this way of life because this is the absolute most kind of extreme opposite in a way i guess
1: uh exactly you know i would arrive there in south america and you know, I made a decision not to stay in uh, like expensive hotels with old people. You know, <laughs> I, I stayed in the hostels and in in, in accommodation houses in, in the cities. You know, I stayed, you know, with 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 kind of the travellers, not not the upmarket holiday or business people. And so, yeah, I would arrive to these places, and you know, I would be just it, it, it sounds strange in a way, but. No, from an ego point of view, I would just be just one of the guys there, which was which was humbling in one way, but also really awesome in another way. You know, you run a business and you're known in a town, you know, it's like you kind of people know you get preferential treatment, but now you arrive in a hostel and you end up in the queue. You know, you're just one of the one of the guys in the queue, you know, to to book in. So that's that that's that was super interesting and, and super beautiful. Plus, I made a decision to go to a, a continent in a country where they don't speak English. Now, in South Africa, my, my two languages are, are uh, English and Afrikaans, which Afrikaans are close to Dutch. Um, but no other language, you know, that's the two, you know, the, obviously, we have got other uh, in, internal other uh, languages, you know, of course, Zulu, and, you know, America, you know, Peru, Colombia, those places, There they ain't much English there, you know. so. I arrived in a new place, uh, not speaking the lingo and, um, yeah, like totally out of the comfort zone, which was, which was super awesome because that allowed me to really drop deep within. And I very quickly, you know, started learning Spanish, which was also, also a beautiful experience. So yeah, it was pretty exciting.
0: Oh my gosh. And did you, did you then at that point know that you were going to explore your sexuality your sexual energy or did that kind of unfold as you were traveling
1: uh lucy not at all it's amazing you know i basically the first period of my travels over there i was i was uh i was celibate you know it was almost a two-year period celibacy of uh not a full full two months and then uh another eight months but for a two-year period i was mainly mainly celibate and that's coming off to the crazy clifton uh, cape town days in the first three chapters of my book i'm very explicit about the crazy days we had there and the sexuality part and then when i arrived in south america there was once again just this voice saying to me yeah not to maybe take a take a break a bit from the sexuality part um and it wasn't a mind thing it was just my i think my body my soul just said okay well just be with yourself for a moment so I dropped really deep in and, in and I started going to you know that developed in going into into um, that would then took me took me into sexuality courses first of all I got quite sick in Ecuador with parasites and lost a lot of weight like 10 kilogram of muscle and um, and I couldn't fix it with antibiotics or any of that and then it, that led me to you know you know shamanic medicine energy work emotional work sexuality and And then I ended up going to some, then a journey just unfolded of doing some uh, work in sacred sexuality and energy. And so it just naturally developed into that. And then that just, wow, that just rolled and expanded a lot more. So yeah, it wasn't the plan at all. It was just the mystery unfolding.
0: I'm literally laughing inside right now because I had parasites (laughs) last year um, in Bali, literally the same what you just described i'm like okay he's describing my journey as well so that's actually really funny
1: (laughs) yeah yeah, it's pretty it's pretty it's pretty huh? yeah
0: i don't think people underestimate the extreme that a parasite can be and can have on someone and Uh when i did plant bait when i did ayahuasca i didn't want to be sick i didn't want to I had a fear of uh, from like eating disorders I, I trained myself not to be sick because like getting well wasn't through purging and then I developed parasites so now I and then same as you did the antibiotics didn't work now I'm in the midst of like energy work and it's leading naturally onto the sexuality and all this stuff so maybe that's maybe part that's cool. of the initiation into this world <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't <laughs>
1: No, maybe. It's a it's a, it's a powerful process for me, for sure.
0: And how did you find the two-year celibacy? Because I know a lot of people will listen to this and be like, wow, that's a, a long period of time.
1: Oh, no, definitely Lucy, you know, and also taking into account that the, the, the years before, you know, um, uh, before I left, you know, I was basically the weekends consisted of, make, of making love from a Friday to Monday uh, morning without much sleep. You know, you know, so, so yeah, it was. It was like, you know, it was like it was like so so different, and so it was really interesting. It was, it just happened, you know. So it wasn't a mind decision. It's just like I think it's just the voice, my soul speaking, you know. So so for me, it was really really good because I dropped deep within dropped into my own, you know, being. And I don't want to sound too esoteric, but it also really dropped me into my integrating my masculine and feminine energies. I really dropped in some of the, the workshops I did. It was very much on, we the the six-day residential workshop in Hawaii. And a big part of it was actually to, to notice the different energies that we have in ourselves, whether we're in a, in a, in a man or a woman body, you know, the masculine and feminine energies. So in Hawaii, I just found this, beautiful, beautiful chick inside me. You know, I just found my inner feminine, mm-hmm. and would go for walking, I discovered in my book for walking on, on a beach, just myself, but I took myself out, out on a date, you know, walking on a beach and then go for dinner. And I was this, I could sense this two beings or two energy entities inside me. So it really allowed me to, to connect with my myself and my inner feminine. Um, and what I found is that with so much connection before with the outer and i mean, obviously the outer feminine I obviously love women um, but you know you go outside of yourself and you're not you know it's so important to integrate yourself first and, and then from that place to to, to, to to interact with women you know so when I came out of that celibacy it was a different interaction it was much deeper um, and uh, yeah I think the woman could feel it.
0: Yeah, did you then attract different partners? There must have been a different kind of level of...
1: Definitely, definitely. I, I definitely attracted partners that were also have had that process of meeting there, you know, not just inner masculine, but the inner feminine also. Um, I, I, I started attracting women not really aware and, you know, and done the deep inner work. You know, I found the deeper you've done, gone inside yourself, you know, and the deeper you can meet someone else and they can meet you. Um, it doesn't have to be the serious stressful journey. It could be fun and exploration of yeah, just getting to know yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. There's so much play in this whole journey as well. Like it's not all really serious. Like I think sure. that's uh, to highlight as well. And then when you met your inner feminine, like how did you feel about that? Because I know some, a lot of people can be quite fearful. Of that part of them, particularly from a male perspective.
1: Yeah, that is such a beautiful question and a beautiful exploration. Mm -hmm. Because, yes, I found a lot of guys, and maybe I even had a little bit of that. It's like thinking, "Oh wow, man! If I now meet the inner feminine, it's going to make make me less of a man." You know, I think often guys feel that. You know, some guys with you know a lot of the homophobia around. You know, they even think, "Oh, is that going to make me gay?" You know, something like like that. You know. so I think there's a lot of fear around that for men. Um, however, for me, the, when I started, when I met this inner feminine, my masculine got much stronger, even, mm. it's really, really interesting, you know, so I dropped into this, in this feminine space, you know, and you would, we would dance, you know, and we actually go into like a real free flowing dance and you, you know, you, you, you dance like a, like a, like a woman, you know, and then you would go and you dance more like, like the masculine energy. No, just to give an example of so, this, so much we did, but just to give one example of that. Um, and it's so, so, so interesting, Lucy, is that my masculine became even more, always had quite a strong masculine, but I felt even more secure in it. So it's really, really interesting.
0: <laughs> Why do you think that
1: was? It's a really, really interesting scene, You know, I think. Um, I think you just feel more secure inside because you're not now hiding parts of yourself, you know, and you are connecting with that, which gives permission for all the aspects of yourself to come out, you know, and to be out there. Um, so, so yeah, I think, you know, it's a really good question. As, as you ask it, I'm dropping into it. You know, it's almost as if, my feminine then became more to the surface, more from the subconscious to the conscious, and then my masculine went, wow, yes, this woman, I must hold space, you know, and I must be strong for her. Right. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, of course.
1: Yeah. So then this masculine came, wow, man, yes, this beautiful woman, it's not just me and my own, and it's, but you know, you know, the feminine and surrender, and then the masculine, you know, maybe in, in, in holding the container, you know, so so that, so that, that made my own mask. You know, so I, I, I think that's, I think that's, uh, that played big part in that. Yeah. You know.
0: And did you find then tantra help facilitate that? Because the tantra practices that I've been learning is around obviously the masculine and feminine energies within us and how we can channel them into areas of our lives. So-
1: yeah definitely it plays that's a massive role you know tantra sacred sexuality conscious sexuality and you know, all those broader parts because it really does drop into that you know there's so many practices that um that are beautiful practices but it's all you know from the heart up you know that doesn't really go into the root chakra and the sacral chakras and what i love about tantra and sacred sexuality is that everything is welcome you know that it integrates all your energies and all your your, your energy centers um so Yes. Yeah, that's a big piece of tantra is definitely understanding, you know, your, 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 your masculine and feminine parts of yourself and, and you know, the better you understand it, then, then you can, then you can dance with it, because in some situations, you know, you want to be in your masculine and you want to go from here to there and, you know, penetrate the world and you have to, in some situations. It's good to be in surrender and to see what's coming away. way. Um, that's brilliant for business also. You know, when I did these courses, I went back and I thought and remembered what I did in the business days. And I went, oh, wow, okay. I actually had been using these energies before in different situations. Yeah. And I actually in business even used a lot of my feminine energies with the people walking on the call center, talking to them, building a culture, a culture of inclusivity and friendliness and informality um but then also the, the penetrative part of getting results so yeah so it's so, it's so beautiful uh, this you know it's not just this is to the bedroom and that's what i love what you're saying this is not just to the bedroom or just to tantra when you do that it, it expands to all areas of your life you know interaction with people business everything
0: mm-hmm. and what was the biggest kind of difference you found in the real world shall we say one when, when you kind of came out of this and i know it's forever journey but what was the kind of so far moment where you're like you're you combining both sides of the world i think integrating everything is the right word there you go <laughs>
1: yeah that's that that is an ongoing journey that's, yes it's actually it's actually amazing i'm really dropping a bit deeper into into that though i was it a at a festival in Switzerland, the first Tantra Festival there, presented there, and I'm going next week to Poland, uh, Milk and Honey Festival there, uh, 6th to 9th July, also presenting. And one of the things that's the newest thing that I'm presenting is, um, I mean, I've always done a ejaculation choice, Simon retention, but now something new that I've started doing, and I really felt feel it's very powerful, is uh, money, sex, business. Why? Well, uh, yes. Yeah, and, and you know, as you, it, you know, just dropped in as you were talking about these two worlds and this interaction and stuff you know and it's yeah it's almost like a like a bridge between that and, and understanding how our sexual energies you know play a role in our lives everything um so yeah so for me it's really how can you be in a spirituality sexuality space and then in, in this world of material manifesting but it's actually one world you know and, and how to integrate and bridge this and live this I think this is a big piece for us as uh, as humanity or as the planet going forward. I mean, we, I can see that so much more and more and more accelerating this, 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 this concept.
0: Oh my gosh. I love, so what would you say without obviously spoiling the, the show, the meeting, the, the talk, sorry, you're doing next week, are kind of the core basics you see between um, sex and money, as it were?
1: yeah so 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 just from an energy center point of view, those are the bottom chakras, you know so your rootness into into the earth uh, through your um your energy center, you know your, um, your cycle energy or your you know that your root chakra there between your, anus and your, and your and your and your genitals Now that's almost your root into the earth, you know which is which is uh, which is also the manifesting in the material world that's the that's the money part, you know. And then the sacral chakra, the sexuality part. So all of it, from an energy center point of view, is so related. It's so intertwined. These things. So if you, in a solid space there, and 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 uh, um, energy flowing in those areas. Now, there's no surprise that when um, um, Napoleon Hill wrote this book, uh, think you know, you can grow, and, and grow rich, which yeah. is one of the best, if not the best. Business. Yeah, business books, in, published in 1939, and you know, one of the factors that he had there at the search, you know, what they had, and one of the searching was sexual energy transmutation, and that is that they were able to use their sexual energy and transmute it to other areas in their life, you know, their business or, or, or whatever, you know, whatever, so there's such a big correlation. And what is exciting for me at the moment and i bring it out to some of the workshops is that you know obviously bring away bring awareness to people of that that concept you know that that what i just mentioned but then also to to understand and to bring awareness to the fact that you can connect that sexual energy with your heart you know and then from that place manifest in the world you know so a lot of manifesting in the world with businesses you know you need the mind and the brain obviously to do that but there's often historically not been a lot of heart in it (laughs) and that's where we find these businesses that destroy the planet and destroy people's lives you know um so the beauty for me is what the excitement for me to bring to the world is to this understanding of people that wow man if you connect your heart with this manifesting sexual creative energy and you build a business from there It's not just that it would be really good for the planet and for people, it will also be much more successful, because that is the vibration and the consciousness we're moving into, you know, we're moving into this heart space. And if it's, if a business isn't built from that, you know, just from a business perspective, you know, even if you don't want to do it just because you're a good guy, then do it because you're a good businessman, because... If it's not from that built from that heart space, it will totally fall apart. It will disintegrate in the years to come, and we can already see some of these old businesses falling apart um, because the vibration, the consciousness of the planet is lifting. You know, everyone it's 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 it's, it's lifting, and these things are dis- disintegrating. So, so yeah, that's, that's I think that's that's so vital to have that understanding, and then you know, to to build, build, uh, build the businesses and entities from that place.
0: And I think it's so important that you highlighted, that highlighted that I think, how are you finding people are reacting to you talking about it? Because I know there is some resistance out there. Like you said, particularly with businesses that it's becoming apparent, they're not going to last in the long run. You know, that is a quite a big part of the corporate world, I would say. um, How do you find people reacting to to those kind of conversations that you have i'd love to see this <laughs>
1: uh, I'm, I'm blown away you know so so maybe yeah. the audience obviously at a tantra festival the audience is already in that space of awakening and learning you know mm-hmm. so that's also you know that True. for them it's just like wow man it speaks their language it hits their heart it's a resonance you know so so that that is that is quite easy to get across um but what i then find is also in a as you call it, the uh, main school or real world. I don't know what, what a word to use for it. I find it surprisingly that that a lot of people do resonate. People do get, get it. I think, you know, apart from the old st- state businesses that's there and probably not going to change before they, you know, they're probably going to disagree before changing. But a lot of the newer businesses and even businesses that are, are, are um, forward thinking and business guys, I, find, I must say, I, I not as, as tough as I thought, Lucy. a lot of guys can resonate. I really find that people really get it. Uh, obviously not everyone, but there's, I think there's a big shift happening.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's so refreshing to hear that as well. So um, I'm excited to hear how next week goes. Um, so you, you mentioned obviously ejaculation of choice for anyone listening. What does that kind of mean without obviously <laughs> obvious. um, it says it on the tin, but like, what does that mean? What does it mean to you?
1: Yeah, so ejaculation choice for me is just the practice of that, and that being aware that you oh, let's keep it quite simple that you don't have to ejaculate every time you make love mm. uh, and you don't have to ejaculate every time you uh, sell pleasure or masturbate and that you can really drop into the pleasure of your body and enjoying the journey and not just this destination. Um, To me, it's a beautiful practice that allows me to make love for for much longer, you know, and it allows my partner then to really drop into her pleasure and her orgasmic uh, abilities. Um, Yeah, for a man, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of ready in like between 30 and 60 or 90 seconds and you have an erection, you know, it's pretty, your body is pretty, generally speaking, quite ready, but for a woman, it takes, I mean, 10, 15, 20 minutes to really, obviously this is much, very generalizations, Listen, but just generally speaking, it takes longer to, to, to warm up. So if you might love to, you know, your partner for, I mean, that's two minutes or five minutes or 10 minutes, I think the average that, they, that these guys do, so that they survey is like, you know, after penetration, it's five minutes, you know. Really? So obviously Yeah, yeah, it's great. Now, I always look at stats and I'm like, always oh, a little bit better. Of course, you know, the average is just the average, but then there's this whole frequency distribution along it, no? Mm. From one minute, and there are loads of people that 20 minutes, but maybe there's such a big portion that only make two or five minutes that it brings the average down, you know, just to, to understand it. So it's just the average. consistent whenever they research these things. So in my, my experience, a so woman, you know, you're not going to... Uh, she's uh, generally speaking... You, you know, the woman body needs a bit more time to really get into the flow. And then once she's in the flow, then she gets into orgasmic state, which you can just have loads of orgasms and a lot of pleasure running in her body. And you know, that can be lovemaking of 20 minutes mm-hmm. or an hour or two hours. And then as viewers, as a man can stay in that space and, and not ejaculate and, uh, um, you know, pause a bit and then continue the big thing with ejaculation for men is once you ejaculate, you know, there's what they call a refractory period, you know, the period for getting hard again, um, which means like whether it's an hour or half an hour or a day, it means you can't immediately carry on making stuff. and yeah. your partner may be still in that space. Um, you know, there's so much to it, you know, there's also the fact is that you have so much more energy, you know, you find to, and I'm very much forward, you know, some very much very important to make this point. Some people on the internet talk about no fap and no ejaculation at all. So this mm-hmm. is not about it. I'm very much, very positive, pleasure, uh, uh, um, uh, positive. pleasure, positive. So definitely to make love a lot and, and also to ejaculate. But maybe once a week, once in two weeks instead of five times a day, because you will just exhaust yourself. Mm-hmm. So, But this is a topic I can talk about 10 hours on this. But, I um,
0: love it. <laughs> I, I love this topic. I mean, do you think then... Um, like obviously naturally a lot of us have been programmed from sex education through porn I know it's quite an overspoken conversation but what is your view then on porn
1: oh you know porn really makes the whole ejaculation thing even even more of an addiction Mm. because I believe that if you ejaculate to such an extent, the ejaculation is actually an addiction. If you watch porn to such an extent, then porn is an addiction. And, you know, porn is all about what they call the money shot, you know, the ejaculation shot, yeah. you know. And I've seen the other day, they were even like, uh, checked something out, and it was like, even a little clock, that tick, 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 and see how fast can you ejaculate. So, <laughs> I mean, which, which is insane. So now now you're with yourself, and you're self-pleasure, and, you're gonna, and you ejaculate in like, 30 seconds or two minutes. Now, the next day you with a woman, why wouldn't you also ejaculate in thirty seconds? Because you've know, you've trained your body like that. You know, it's like training for going to the Olympics and training to be a sprinter and you arrive there and they say, Okay, well, not sprinting today, you're running a uh, five thousand meters, yeah. five kilometers. You know, you know, your body is just now trained. So so I think porn plays a really big part in, in in the ejaculation addiction and obviously so many other problems associated with it. Um, now, I'm going to point in my life, I don't say either every, everything is either just good or bad. I think there, there is space for, for some porn, you know, in the space. I think it's not all, but I think, sure, majority of it and especially of guys and women are addicted to it, it. It really has such a bad effect on not just your ejaculation, but also your connection with your partner. Mm-hmm. because porn takes you out of your out of your body into your mind mm-hmm. and now you're with your partner and you're not in your body you don't feel your body or her body you're in the mind movie now mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know making love to your, your partner and you have this movie of this uh, uh porn star on your head or something happening you know so it's not really good for the intimate connection between you
0: no and i think like for me i can tell when i'm with someone that does watch a lot of porn. You can feel it energetically as well, and it's that almost. I feel performative as well. You know, it's like it's not yes. genuine. It's not in the moment. You're not. There's no. There's not much vulnerability. It's it's like a show horse yes, right? in, a, in a race. In yeah, a race exactly. Literally, or you're a monkey <laughs> at the circus. You know, without sounding patronizing, but that's kind of how yeah, it exactly. feels. Um, and you mentioned, how do you think porn addiction comes up in different people? areas of their lives, what does that look like, do you think? Apart from performative.
1: Uh, sorry, Lucy, I just missed the question. Oh, okay. yeah.
0: I'm going to say what break. you mentioned. Um, can you hear me OK? Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah, I you mentioned porn addiction yes
1: yes i know yeah (laughs)
0: perfect you mentioned porn addiction can come up in different areas of your life um what kind of areas (laughs) you're smiling do you say that they come out apart from obviously the bedroom in a performative way
1: Uh, the porn addiction oh yes um very much in your energy i I tell you i i I did actually uh i mean have time, I can share an experiment with, with, that I did when I was traveling South America. I'd love to. Uh, it, it, okay, awesome. It, yeah, I was actually there and I was, I mean, so I was pretty lucky that I never had porn addiction. It's never been a big part of my life. I always thought it's really b- much better having a live person here with me than this guy. I just, I just I, I, it's a, so to, in a way, it doesn't make sense to me. But, but yeah. I, yeah, but I do get it, obviously, sometimes. So it comes out and so there's so many different ways, you know, so I think what guys then do, maybe on that point is that they get so used to have the screen here that they, it means that they actually don't go out there and, and meet real women because now they're so linked to it. So it actually limits them in meeting real women mm-hmm. um, because they they tired to the screen now because now they, they almost get a release right here. They didn't have the release and there would be more uh, they will put more effort in and actually talking to 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 girls and 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 really be vulnerable and be open. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a, from a time point of view, but there's also an energetic thing. I believe women or people can feel it if a guy is porn addicted and they start mm-hmm. he starts talking to them. Um, you can feel it in his energy. And I did this experiment in South America where I was staying in a beautiful village, San Marcos and Lago like Lake titlan in. Uh, in Guatemala and I was like studying this and then one day I thought wow let's me my interaction in the in the, in the in the village every day was very friendly very open talking to people very great the one evening I went oh let me watch a bit of porn and I said okay let me watch a lot of porn and see what it does now I know what's like two three hours of porn ejaculated but, uh, Lucy the next day I walked in the village I promise you my energy with people was different mm. but people would normally walk past look at me smile they almost like, to look away. I didn't look away, I was a bit awkward with them. It, make, it makes it energetic, and I know it sounds maybe for, maybe for some guys too esoteric, but because now you watch the morning. there's a bit of shame and guilt around it. You take that into the next day. If you're talking to a woman, and you're going to have some shame and guilt in your energy field, and she's going to pick it up. Uh, so I believe it, it makes a massive difference in your ability to attract really uh beautiful outside and inside woman in in your life
0: yeah i think i can't wait for people to hear that i think it's such an amazing experiment you did no i can imagine there'll be other people trying that experiment over the next few weeks um so for anyone that wants to work with you wants to join any of your talks hear more about you um what have you got coming up and also where can they find you
1: Awesome. I've got a, got a website, uh, uh, sure. Okay, The spelling of this is this not your normal, Leonard. It's L-E-N-E-R-D and L-O-U-W.com. And um, so I've got online courses there. If you click on there, uh, I've got 21-day sexual mastery courses, online courses where... 21 days, you know, you don't ejaculate, you don't watch porn for 21 days. There's also a lot of other morning practices. You know, it's a whole it's a whole program. It's much more provider than just um, uh, orgasmic mastery, sexual mastery. There's so much, so much wider dropping into there. There's some testimonials there, you can see where the guys. Uh, what happened to them when they do this. So are really, the online course, there are different variations of that. You know, either do groups or one-on-one uh, or self-study. And uh, yeah, then my book is also on the website there. And then I'm in Europe the next few months um, and be in Switzerland and uh, Amsterdam. Uh, so yeah, beginning of, of August, I'm doing a, a San Pedro plant medicine couples energetic lovemaking uh, oh. workshop there with with a friend of mine and Hunter. and uh yeah, doing some talks in europe so uh yeah so some of that be on on those on those links uh, and then from there you can go to instagram facebook all over
0: Amazing. Okay, I'll share all of those in the links. And I want to hear way more about the San Pedro, but we can talk about that off. <laughs> um that sounds so delicious. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute honor and pleasure to have you and keep doing the beautiful work that you're doing and keep inspiring others to to follow their hearts and build a life full of pleasure that they deserve. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you being here today.
1: Thank you, Lucia. I really enjoyed our chat. Um, lots of love to you.
0: Thank you. Oh, thank you, honey. <laughs> oh, and-